Hello, my friends. Welcome to the Hearkening Deer Podcast, Christ-Centered Meditation Podcast. I am your host, Sean J. Stevens, and I lovingly create this pod on the unceded land of the Coast Salish Nations, specifically the traditional and ancestral land of the Katsi Nation. It is with humility and gratitude that I respect and honor the land upon which I occupy as a settler and the people who were here first. In the spirit of gratitude, I'd like to give a shout out to all the people who continue to support this ministry. If you would like to join these most wonderful people and help more people find Christian meditation, please consider subscribing to Harkening Deer on Patreon, making a one-time donation, and or checking out the offerings either on the podcast website or my personal website as a meditation teacher. Be sure also to subscribe to, like, follow, or whatever the thing is, wherever you find Harkening Deer, either on the socials or wherever you get your podcasts. Links to all those options are in the show notes and are so easy to scroll down to and click through that you can even do it right now while I'm speaking. Well, my friends, we've just come off our first ever series that made no mention of or quote from the Bible. I'd like to reiterate that I believe quite firmly that just because something isn't Bible-centric doesn't mean it can't be Christ-centered if that makes sense. Hopefully there weren't too many double and triple negatives in that sentence. Anyway, what I'm trying to say is that sometimes I think we put the Bible on such a pedestal that we can forget that it's not the only way through which we can commune with God. In fact, I don't necessarily think it even has to be the predominant way in which we commune with God. Having said all that, before I say something unforgivably heretical, I'd like to tell you about what I have planned for the rest of the summer. Simply put, I'm swinging hard the other way for the next few weeks. Today's meditation is a visualization exercise in which we immerse ourselves into a Bible passage. And for the few weeks after that, we'll be praying about a few specific topics and those prayer meditations are just going to be saturated with Bible passages and references to make up for lost time. (laughs) So, to give a little more context to today's meditation, today we're going to be imagining we're on a fishing boat with some of the disciples after Yeshua was killed. It's worth noting that I didn't look up the passage which inspired this meditation before I wrote it, and it's based solely upon my fallible memory of the passage, and some creative and poetic licensing. I didn't reread it, I didn't look it up, I just kind of wrote as it came to me. It's inspired loosely by John chapter 21, and you'll find that it's kind of a mashup of a few different passages, but anyway, I don't want to give any serious spoilers. So, um, yeah, like I said, I kind of just wrote it out of like from where I'm at right now. Um, I kind of started writing it out of a place of grief and out of loss. Um, The church that my family 
has been attending for the last five years um, that really, really, really feels like a church family. Like, it really feels like family to us. Um, it's closing down. And this meditation, I wrote it to be like the last meditation I give to the congregation. Um, yeah, I kind of just wrote it as it came to me. I didn't, as I said, I didn't look it up. I didn't research anything about it. I just, it's based partially on my fallible memory of the text and partially just on what was coming to me. It's really, more than anything, uh, was written out of just what was coming to me at the moment, how I was feeling, and and where I feel the Spirit was leading me. So, yeah. You can feel free to think of this uh, meditation as kind of like an episode of The Chosen, only perhaps the teensiest bit more heretical. <laughs> LOL. Um, anyway, the point of the meditation is not to make sure it's 100% historically accurate or even necessarily 100% theologically accurate. The point of this meditation is to simply draw us closer to the divine through storytelling and role-playing. And like I said, you will find it is not 100% textually accurate. So this meditation is an Ignatian exercise. And Ignatian exercises, such as this meditation, is a method that uses visualization and the imagination of the practitioner. It is based on the style of contemplative prayer that St. Ignatius of Loyola used in his spiritual practices. Uh, St. Ignatius lived in Spain in the 16th century and founded the Jesuit order of priests. He believed that our imagination can help us enter into the events of Yeshua's life and draw us deeper in connection with the Spirit. Simply put, I agree, which is why I've now created a number of my own Ignatian meditations, such as this one. Please feel free to reach out and DM or email me if you'd like to hear more Ignatian meditations, or if there are specific passages you'd like to hear Ignatius exercises on, or if there's another method of meditation you'd like to hear right here on Harkening Deer. <laughs> hear right here on Harkening Deer. Say that ten times fast. Anyway, that's enough rambling for one intro, so without further ado, let's get into it. Hello, my friends. To begin this meditation, I invite you to be still. To do so, I simply mean Close your eyes, quiet your mind, relax your body, and take a few deep breaths. Adopt an attitude of gratitude and of non-judgment, and embrace a heart and mindset of peace and loving-kindness. Imagine you're on a fishing boat with some of the disciples. Feel the sea breeze on your face. 
smell the salty sea air. Look out at the waves in the sea and see the beach you are slowly headed towards off in the distance. Hear the calls of the seabirds and hear the waves gently lapping against the ship. The mood is somber. The rabbi you have all been following for the past few years has just been crucified. It feels like all hope is lost. These particular disciples, they have returned to their fishing boats simply because it was the only life they knew before they began their apprenticeship with Yeshua. They have returned to their ships for lack of any better ideas. As you head back toward the shore, getting closer now, you feel as though there's a slight change in mood, almost like a changing in the wind. With this slight change in mood, you notice a new smell, a very faint smell of smoke. as if someone had lit a campfire on the beach. You join the other disciples in looking along the shore on the starboard side. And sure enough, there is a man sitting on a piece of driftwood on the beach with a fire burning in front of him. There are a few other pieces of driftwood around the fire, as if this man had set it up and was expecting to entertain guests around the fire. Peter inexplicably shouts, it's him, and with a bewildered look in his eyes, he runs to the starboard side of the ship, dives into the ocean begins to swim like a madman toward the shore. The rest of the disciples, while mildly surprised, seem unfazed by this. Peter has been acting a little strange ever since Yeshua was arrested. Actually, Peter has always been at least a little strange. Somebody has to dock the boat properly, so you and the rest of the disciples do the right thing and dock the boat.
And once the boat is docked, you all set out together to investigate this stranger on the beach, his campfire, and what it was that got Peter so excited. As you walk along the sandy shore, feeling the sand beneath your feet, getting closer to Peter and the stranger, you can hear that they are laughing together. And once you're close enough to see their faces, you realize Peter's been crying. The stranger is speaking. He's telling familiar stories of the old prophets and of deliverance. Stories of slaves being freed and oppressed people being rescued. And yet somehow, these old familiar stories seem to have a new slant to them, new life to them. It's almost as if you're hearing them for the first time. You and the others, as if by intuition or habit, all sit around the campfire to listen to the stranger speak. As he continues to speak, you and the other disciples are all immersed in the stranger's stories. he continues to speak, something else, something other than the stories, begins to seem familiar about this beach stranger. You begin to have this sense, this feeling, that you're part of these stories. This stranger is part of the stories. And that somehow your connection to the stranger is all part of the stories. sudden, it clicks. You realize what Peter knew while still on the boat. Somehow, this stranger on the beach is Yeshua, your Messiah, your Savior. You look around and notice the look on the other disciples' faces, as one by one, this truth dawns on them in turn. 
you see the features of his face. You recognize it as him. You're perplexed that you didn't recognize him sooner. And as this truth settles in, that this stranger is Yeshua, begins to make sense. It all makes sense now. Sort of. You now understand that even though your Messiah was killed, and even though you don't understand why he had to die, you know. Somehow in this moment you just know that Yeshua will always be with you. Somehow, there is only this moment. This moment is all there is. Somehow, there will only ever be this moment. Even though our Messiah has been crucified, wherever you go, whatever you do, you will somehow always be right here, right now, sitting on the beach with Yeshua. Even though our Messiah has been crucified, wherever you go, whatever you do, you will somehow always be right here, right now, sitting on the beach with Yeshua. Thank you for sharing this tender, sacred moment with me today, my dear friends. May grace and peace, light and love be with you. <laughs>